bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. Learning to love ourselves is a long process, and it can be a very challenging one. You know, I grew up in a home where I had to take care of my mother, and the I was very skinny and awkward and uncoordinated, and then I had a few friends, but I always felt kind of like a loser, to be honest, and kind of like an outcast, and I didn't really fit in, and I just, I, I took all of this in and my own mother used to say that, oh, you know, if only your nose was smaller, you'd be so beautiful. I mean, there was just a lot of things going on. So I really admire people who say, look, I've been through a lot, but I am going to love myself. I'm going to change and live my life in a way that's healthy for me. So I am thrilled to have Shannon Kaiser on the program. Her book, The Self-Love Experiment, 15 Principles for Becoming More Kind, Compassionate, and Accepting of Yourself is joining us. And I'm so thrilled because her book is helping me after all these years to love myself. Shannon, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here. It's so nice to have you on. So as I shared, you know, a lot of us, unfortunately, uh, either our parents or someone else in our life, just sort of make us feel bad about ourselves. Or I don't know if I said make us, but they put those messages out there, right? And we take them in. And then we beat ourselves up a million more times than they ever did, right? And that horrible cycle starts. I'd love for you to jump into your story a bit and how you struggled and battled with your inner critic for so long. Yeah, well, I'm so glad the book's helping you, too, because the book really did help me in writing the book and also going through the experiment. The self-love experiment really is a challenge and an opportunity I gave myself to learn how to become my own best friend because, I mean, honestly, for almost three decades, I was at war with myself. I hated my body. I blamed my body for everything, and it didn't matter what size my body was. And I think a lot of us, when I started to do research and get deeper into what is self-love and, and what blocks us from it, I discovered 90% of women hate their bodies. And 95% of us, men and women, opt out of important activities that we want to do because we're so insecure or a flaw or we feel like we're going to be judged or blamed. So I realized when I lacked my self-love, I felt very isolated and like I was the only one. Everyone else had it figured out. But this is something that's happening for many people where we blame ourselves or we feel judgment. So that's really why I needed to write the book to learn how to love myself. Well, how did you go from having this inner critic and blaming your body to saying, wait a second, something's got to give? What Was there a, a certain aha moment, a turning point? Yeah, there was a few aha moments. And I think I share them throughout the book, but I think I got really, it comes down to just being completely exhausted. I was just so tired of hating myself. It, it took more energy to be negative and, and really just put that out in the world. And the turning point for me was actually when I said, oh my gosh, if I could learn how to love myself, then maybe that's how I can do my part to help the world. Because I was looking out in the world, and I think we can all do this at any time, and see, it's crazy. There's political situations, there's terrorists, there's a lot going on that we have no control over, and it's scary, and it's fearful. This world can be overwhelming. And so to really turn it back, and I, I thought to myself, you know, isn't it selfish to be in love with yourself? Like, you know, these things we think. And at one point, I, I for many years, I felt that way. But then I said, oh my gosh, suddenly it made sense. If I can learn to love myself, that's one less person hurting. That's one less person in pain. Therefore, I can actually raise the vibration on the planet. And it really did start with self-care. That's really the first kind of step. And I think a lot of us, as you said, we're 
especially women, we're taking care of other people. And it's kind of this mentality of I'm okay when you're okay, but make sure you're okay first with our children. And, and it kind of is a cycle where we put ourselves last. Once I reversed that and I started to put myself first and it was as simple as setting boundaries or listening to what I needed when I needed it instead of overgiving and overdoing, I started to have more compassion and more caring and I was able to be there for other people because I was first kind of filling up my own love tank, if you will. Oh, I like that. Now, by self-care, what kind of things uh, do you like to do or what do you recommend that we start with? Yeah, and I say this in the book too because I think self-care has this, especially in the wellness community, we hear things and sometimes we feel pressure. And for many years, yeah. I had I was a wellness warrior. I was a triathlete. I counted my calories. I did yoga every day and ate a lot of kale. You know, and, and that looks like <laughs> health and wellness. It, it was by society standards, sure. right? And I was very fit, had no body fat on me. And then I got to a point where I said, this is exhausting because silently I was suffering from multiple eating disorders. I doc, The doctor diagnosed me with depression. And it didn't matter what size my body was. I hated it. So I said, this doesn't feel very joyful. And that's what changed for me, the perspective. And I share a process in the book as well. Let's look at our self-care practice as joy. Does it bring me joy? And when I got really honest, I was so burnt out on yoga. Instead, I wanted to do nature walks. So today it looks like nature walks with my dog. I love spinning. I'm really into biking. So I, I go to spin classes. I eat foods that make me feel nourished and alive. Instead of saying, I can't have this, I can't do that, you start to get in tune with your body. And all of a sudden, today, I weigh more than I did then, of course, but I'm healthier and happier, and I truly use joy as my barometer for success. See, that's huge, and especially in this industry, especially yeah, when there's, you I know, you're so. supposed to be this size, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to eat that. And, you know, I, I thought I was starting to get a little bit of that orthorexia, which is where you're so careful about what you eat. It kind of becomes an, an eating disorder. And I had to step back, too, and say, wait a second, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not happy with this. This isn't working for me. There's too much pressure. And I'm going to mostly eat clean, but not all the time. Yeah. And when I don't, I'm not going to, you know, like yesterday, uh, we went to this really good pizza place. Everything's local and organic and they make their own sausage and grocery, but it's still pizza, you know, but I had some and in the past I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have had that bubble. I just was like, you know what? I had that and uh, it was enjoyable and I had a nice time with my right. family and yeah. that's that. And that's, you know, a special thing. And if we ruin everything for ourselves, what's the point? I think that's the key. It's really about compassion. And I, you know, we get to a point where we can be wasting our life with these negative thoughts. Instead, you were able to be present with your family and enjoy the flavors of the food. And, you know, it really is about self-compassion and kind of coming back to you and being your friend. Oh, I think so, too. And I love how in the book you have the magic of self-compassion and the magic of self-care. Yeah. And we do, we need to really care for ourselves and again, find that balance between wanting to be healthy, wanting to take care of ourselves, but not going overboard. Talk to us about the magic of self-trust. Yes. So I think it's really important because a lot of the times we don't really trust ourselves and we start to doubt ourselves and doubting ourselves is one of the, you know, kind of the main reasons we stay out of self-love with an insecurity that like we allow to run our life. So what I discovered in the self-love experiment, and there's actually pillars to self-love really, and that's the, the parts you're talking about. The first one is self-care. And then we move into self-compassion, being compassionate with yourself. And then when you arrive to self-trust, this is when you, you realize that the inklings you get, such as 
a dream. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to start cooking more. Maybe you want to move across the country. These insights that come to you are actually signatures to your potential. And part of self-love is honoring the dreams within your heart and trusting that you deserve to live them. And so it's a beautiful process. One of my favorite chapters in the book, and the really self-trust is saying I matter and I trust myself. I like that. You know, one of the things that really all reach me, but I really love that letter you wrote to suffering, the Dear Suffering yes. letter. I just want to, I want to read a little bit of that. Uh, Dear Suffering, you can try to tear me down. You may try to take everything. Try, if you will, to break me down until there is nothing left. But I am stronger than you. I will rise. I am more courageous than my setbacks. Pain and suffering do not define me, nor do I need you in order to shine. Uh, I'll just read the whole thing. I love it. You need me to validate yeah. your existence, but I don't need you. You are no longer welcome in my life. It's time we part ways. I let go of you. I release you. I'm ready to thrive, free of worry, free of your pain. I step fully into the light. I release you. Struggle. I am free. I love that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for reading it. And I, this sure. was another turning point and a pivotal moment in the self-love experiment. When I started to realize, one, I think I and, and many people seem to be almost not addicted to our struggles, but you could go as far as saying like really attached. And for so many years, sure. I was attached to the story that I'm not good enough for my body. I can't be loved no matter you know what size my body is if I have weight to lose. And these struggles in our life, whether it's about a body issue or maybe you want more money in your bank account or you want your family to be a different way, the struggles seem to define us. And so I really needed to break up with it. And that's what that process is. And it's about saying, you know what? You served your purpose, but I, I do not need you to move. As I move forward, you do not need to be part of my life. And we break up. We literally let go of it. And then we're free. And we can really let the, the awesomeness come in. Now, what advice do you have for people who are reading the book and they may feel like, they get stuck where they want to love themselves, but they, that old voice, that inner critic, the negativity keeps coming back. I'm sure it takes time, right? To, especially if you've been yeah. doing this for decades. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too. So I wrote the whole book on the self-love experiment and I truly do love myself today and I still have self-doubt. The difference is before the self-doubt and the judgment and the criticism would have been my life. Now I bounce out of it within five, 10 minutes because you have the tools. So it's recognizing that life is part of, you know, your ego and your brain is going to try to bring you down. But the goal, and I think for anyone who's really feeling stuck right now, and one of the tools I return to even now when self-doubt creeps back in, the very first thing is appreciation. And turning your attention to what appreciates what you feel appreciative for. So maybe you're really really mad at the way something played out, or maybe you're overwhelmed by the, a certain way your body looks. Instead of focusing on that, you can turn your attention to what you do appreciate. Start to celebrate the things that are going well. Start to, you know, celebrate and be happy. That can be a very easy first step that we can do immediately. Oh, I like that. What are some other tools that you recommend to get to I these love, wonderful states yes. of loving yourself? There's a lot of tools in the book. It's almost like a Bible, if you will, as you're probably going through it. You're like, yeah, it's another mm -hmm. tool. So one of the things that is probably my favorite is the letters to yourself. And throughout the book, as you say, I, I write letters. So there was a letter to my struggle, but there was also a letter to my future self, where when I was deep in my depression and eating disorders before the self-love experiment, I said, man, what would my future self, the one who has this figured out, the one who feels 
more connected, more alive, what message would she have for me? And you just allow your inner voice to kind of speak up. And for me, it was profound. Every time I did this, at that time, my message said, you know, you're being, you're, you're learning how to love yourself no matter what. This is all part of the plan. And so I think we can do this. Letters to your future self, letters to your past self. And then my favorite is letters to a piece of you that you may dislike the most. So I really disliked my stomach, my overweight cellulite or whatever, double chin. And I would say, why are you here? And it said, I'm here because self-love is not about how you look, it's about how you live. And that's when I realized, you know, my I haven't been living my life because I've been so consumed with my negative mind. So it was really about transforming that into a more positive experience and knowing that my life is happening now and I can live it by being more compassionate with myself. You know, you write about negotiating with your insecurities and you have 11 truths. The one that stood out to me the most is happiness comes from the inside, not from the outside. And this is something that I know about myself. Like when things are going really well, I'm super happy. I mean, that's not like, you know, mind blowing. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. But then lately there's been some really hard things going on and I just have been miserable. And it's like, no, no, I I can't rely on just the outside things or hearing from this person or doing this or having this go right. You have to have it mm-hmm. inside you. And so how do we negotiate with these insecurities? Yeah, I think that's one of the the things we realize we don't even know that we're doing that kind of sabotages us. And negotiating with your insecurities is almost, there's a lot of insecurities that we have. And the one you nailed and said is, is probably one of the most pivotal ones for all of us where we are attached to a specific outcome. And if it happens, then yeah. we can be happy. I call it the almost paradise syndrome. When I lose the weight, then I can start dating again. When I have more money, I can start traveling. When I know what my dream job will be, you know, all of these things we put on hold. And what's really happening is we keep saying, we stay stuck, we stay stuck. And then sometimes we do. I reach that goal weight, you know, and I still realized I hated who I saw in the mirror. So that's when it became clear to me that it is not outside of us ever. And so inside is really about learning how to, again, be your own best friend, but recognizing we have what we need within us, and it's about strengthening your spiritual practice. It's about connecting with your true joy. It's about aligning with healthy things that make you feel alive. And as we start to create a lifestyle, not just like, here's a tool, here's a tool, but it becomes our way of being, we start to see the world more kindly. We start to you know, be a stronger citizen for ourselves and, and the world. I like that. You know, when I'm looking you know, through the book and reading the book, I, I love that you have... Um, self-love principles. I mean, you've got practices and you've got principles, Uh, except where you are. It's just a point on your journey and everything about it offers a possibility for further growth. Growth. That's another thing, right? And that's kind of goes back to what you were just talking about. Like if you're thinking all the time, like when this happens and this happens, like where I am right now, and if there's hard things happening, how do I deal with them the best that I can and not let them take away my happiness? Yes, exactly. That's And that's really the the principles are the the kind of, There's 15 of them that really align with all of the practices of the book and put them into this beautiful process for people and readers. And I live by these principles now, and it's truly how self-love is a way of life. The first one, except where you are, I got to a place for so many years where I was resisting. And a lot of us resist, and it goes back to what we were saying. And then I remember reading the Chinese proverb, accept what you can't change, change what you can't accept. And it really does come back to recognizing when we can accept the process, 
we can then decide to move forward with more grace and ease because we recognize that everything about where we are is an opportunity for growth, even if it's in the, the hardest part of our life. We're growing in that rock bottom. There's the only place you can go is forward. So it's about a more compassionate way to move forward. And I think another principle that really rises to the top for me to share is thinking you don't have a choice is a choice. I think that's principle three. And in that one, I yes. say, uh, so many of us, we feel kind of like we're stuck, victims to whatever we can't change. A disease diagnosis is um, a big one, you know. Sometimes we don't have a choice about the situation, but how we're looking at the situation, how we perceive to move forward. And that became clear to me in multiple stages of my self-love experiment. How was it to write this? I mean, this is such a labor of love. Was it a very yeah. long process? <laughs> it really is. It is such a, I felt like I gave a birth after the book came out, you know, when it came out in the world, I was like so exhausted the first two days. I was like, I have no idea why I'm exhausted. I was like, wow. And it's because of the labor of love. And, and so what's interesting about the self-love experiment is the book that is out is actually the fifth full draft of the book. I've never written so much. Most of my books I'll write in two or three months. They pop out in the world. No problem. This one I had to rewrite, rewrite because I was trying so hard to fix and find the solution before it was really revealed through the experiment. And that's why the experiment is such a beautiful process. And it's funny because I think a lot of us do this in our life too. We try to control the outcome or we want the outcome, the expectation to be the reward. And I truly, truly surrender to the process and let the book decide how long it needed to be written. It took about three years. The self-love experiment originally was going to be for three, I think three months. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do this for three months. That's it. And it turned into this three-year process, but it was so glorious and fun. And, and I think that's the gift I want to offer to readers too, is to just really have fun with the process, go into it, create your own experiment, really start to you know live your life in ways that where you are your friends. Because with your friends, you have fun. You, you put more joy into the equation. So it's a beautiful, it's by far the most, I love writing, but of all my books, this one, I feel like it's that one that's super special, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, you know, it's funny because when I picked up the book, The Self-Love Experiment, I figured you had already completed it and this is what it was and what had happened versus realizing like, oh my, like you're going through it. That's yeah, huge. And that's, that's really <laughs> brave because what if you're like, wait a second, this didn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. You know what I mean? What well, the heck? <laughs> I know. Well, I think that's just the beautiful part is I wrote the book as I was experimenting. And I, you know, I, I sent wow. the manuscript to the editor and, and I, I read through the final draft. I was like, oh my gosh, she left all this in. Like, what? Because I thought they, you know, take them out. But that's what she wanted. She said, I really want you to take the readers through the experiment. And the truth is, as you get to the end of the book, like, it transforms you, and I truly am living my life in such a different way from before I sat down to write this book. And I think that's that's what the goal is, to allow ourselves to be in it together. Were there things that you tried that didn't work, that didn't make the book, where you're like, the magic of whatever it is, I don't know, vacuuming. I mean, obviously, that's nothing to do with right, right. It's like the worst <laughs> example I can house. think of, but cleaning your house yeah. or organizing, you know, and you're like, nah, actually, that didn't really make me love myself. Or, or was it like, how did you know which ones to pick is, I guess, is what I'm trying to get it's to. It's true. That's a beautiful question. It's a beautiful question. Well, it's actually the first four drafts of the book that didn't make it into this, right? So the very oh, first draft, I 
I actually thought, okay, when I lose the weight, because I was overweight when I very first started, and I, I was like, that's when, okay, it's going to be about really health, wellness, self-care, and just, you know, and that's why uh, I realized very soon that self-love has nothing to do with how you look. Again, it's about how you live. And I recognized, wow, it is about the magic of self-care. So each, and because I was treating it like an experiment, each experiment or draft of the books, if you will, turned into pieces that were working. So most of that draft didn't work, but I did learn the power of what self-care really is. It's not about a regimen and following counting calories. It's about joy. And so, you know, I moved forward accordingly. But this really, it's, as a writer, I think it's beautiful because the, I worked with this book to allow, to, it showed me this is the next step. You know, part, you know, part three has to be surrender to what is. Part four is recognizing that the journey is the true reward. And then you kind of move into me matters. And, and it's truly this, by living this, doing this, I found self-love. Now, for people who haven't seen the book, and I highly recommend people get the self-love experiment and do it, I'm assuming for, you know, for some people, the magic of self-compassion might come easier than some of the other things. And so it's going to be at their own pace, right? I mean, it's sort of like, kind of take the experiment as it goes. So there's no deadline, like, okay, you're going to do this this week. And then next week, you're going to do this one. Because some books are like that, right? Like spend a week on this, but it it might take five months on this, and it might take a week on the other. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. And I thought about doing that and I realized, and I say this in my introduction too, this is so different than probably a lot of books because the truth is self-love is a very personal individual expression. And so what I do is I gave myself permission to, to try things out, do different things, but also there is a process set here, but you go at your own pace. And that's what really I wanted for the reader as well to be able to go on your own journey within yourself to discover how amazing, beautiful, and gorgeous you truly are, as you are. You know, I love this in, in the book. You, This is your original thought, right? That you, you had a duration of three months. You had the self-love experiment process, duration three months, goals one, lighten up, emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually. Number two, increase self-confidence and be able to look in the mirror and say only kind things. And three, see myself the way my dog does. Awesome, amazing, <laughs> beautiful, quite possibly the coolest person in the world. I love that. So that was the, yeah. was that the original? And then, but it turned into so much well, more. Yeah. That's actually the, okay. that that is what the self love experiment really starts as, and so I had the goal. I couldn't look in the mirror and say something nice to myself, so I wanted to lighten up and I wanted to be compassionate. And then I noticed my furry friends, and I think we all can relate. He loves me no matter what. Like it, he doesn't even judge, right? And they accept you, and that you see it in their eyes, you see their soul. And I was like, wow, if I can see myself the way you know, Tucker, my dog does. And and part of the book is dedicated to the reader and Tucker because I truly feel like he helped me find self-love because he opened my awareness to it's possible to see yourself the way I do. And that is really, I invite the reader to create their own goals or use those three too. If you if you want to lighten up, if you want to really see yourself the way people who love you or your furry friends do, that really can just be kind of the foundation as we move forward into the experiment. Yeah, furry friends are the best. They're so great. Oh my God. (laughs) They're just the best. You know, the last, we have a couple minutes left. I wanted to focus uh, on freedom from fear because that's huge. And I know we have a couple minutes left, but talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I talk about disappearing your fear and freedom from fear. The thing is, fear kind of runs us if we are not careful. Mm. Most of us make choices from a fear place in our head. And what I teach people through in the book and also in my life coaching practice and all the work I do is about dropping into your heart. 
because your heart. Oh, and, nice. and so it's kind of like, if you think about it, your fear in your, your, is your head and your heart is, is the loving voice within you. Both of them are trying to help you. It's just the way they approach the world. So um, a, a life coach of mine, his name is uh, Dr. P. He talks about the fear voice is going to say, don't turn left. You will get in an accident because it's a dangerous road. It, but your heart may say, hey, turn right. This is going to be a great route for you to get to where you want to go. So both of them are saying the same thing, but protecting you in a way. So I think it's about learning how to distinguish and then move forward into the love that is in our heart, because that is how we can make choices that are expansive and joyful and feel less stuck. Oh, that is that so wonderful. Example, Shannon, you are just a, a breath of fresh air. I, I just adore uh, you. Tell us all the ways we can you. learn more about you <laughs> and your wonderful book, The Self-Love Experiment. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. The Self-Love Experiment is available at your favorite bookstore or online retailer. And then my website is playwiththeworld.com, or you can go to my Facebook page where I'm always posting positive quotes and self-loving practices, which is Shannon Kaiser writes W-R-I-T. Yes. And you mentioned that you're coaching people too on this? I do. I have a self, uh, actually, I have a, a life coaching practice and I, I work with people all around the world really to help them be more compassionate and loving. I also have a self-love retreat that I do every year. So all of that information is on my website. Oh, fantastic. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Talk Healthy today. We need to love ourselves, have more compassion, definitely get the self-love experiment. You can check us out on social media at Talk Healthy, the number two day on Snapchat, on, on Twitter. You can talk us, talk us, you can check us out on Facebook at Talk Healthy Today podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening. Stay well.